Hey there, I'm so pumped to tell you about an amazing new community I've launched called Grief to Growth Circle Community. It's a space for people who are grieving to come together to support each other and for people who want to know who we are, why we're here, where we're going to have those conversations, all the things we talk about on the podcast. So I invite you to join me at grieftogrowth.com slash community to become part of this compassionate crew. The best part is 100% free. And you have access to me in addition to everybody else in the community. In fact, the podcast will be there so you can talk about the things we talk about in the podcast right there in the community. There's also some premium content if you want to go deeper in the work I'm doing, but mostly it's about building relationships and community and about sharing resources and supporting each other. So come on over and check it out. It's grieftogrowth.com slash community. I'll see you inside. Hi there. Welcome to Grief to Growth Podcast. Your host is Brian Smith, spiritual seeker, best-selling author, grief survivor, and life coach. Brian believes that the worst tragedies of life provide the greatest opportunity for growth. Brian says he was planted, not buried, and he is here to help you grow where you've been planted by the difficulties in life. In each episode, Brian and his guests will share what has helped them to survive and thrive. It is his sincere hope this episode helps you today. Hey, everybody. Uh, this is Brian Smith back with another episode of Grief to Growth. And today I've got with me my friend, Suzanne Wilson. I've known Suzanne for about five years now. Um, Suzanne, in case you don't know, she's an evidence-based medium. She's a spiritual teacher. She's a writer. She teaches classes. She does events. She's written books. She has guided meditations. She does group and individual sessions. And we'll get into all the different ways that Suzanne uh, offers her services to connect with spirit. But I met Suzanne about, as I said, about five years ago after my daughter had passed away and a mutual friend connected us. And Suzanne did a reading for me, which I still go back and listen to every once in a while. It was just it was amazing. I felt like it was weird. I felt like I was I had no, I'd known you forever because we were just having this conversation on the phone. So with that, I just want to say welcome to Suzanne Wilson. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Brian. I'm so proud of you and the work that you do. Well, thanks. I, I appreciate that. Well, you, um, you're a big part of setting me on, on the path. And I remember in that reading, you kind of told me that this was kind of, it was coming up in front of me. And that was, that was six months after Shana passed. And so uh, I had no idea it was coming. Well, it definitely wasn't me telling you, you know, who was telling you, but it's an honor to be of service and to be that messenger. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I always assume that people know like Suzanne Wilson because you're like world famous, but I want to tell people your story and who you are and how, how you got to be where you are. So how did your gifts um, develop? How did they first start to manifest themselves? In childhood, I was that weird outcast kid that nobody wanted to pick for teams. Uh, nobody wanted to eat lunch with. And it was because I basically I couldn't keep my mouth shut about seeing colors and lights around people. And that's, that's a struggle. Don't you think, you know, kids all just want to fit in, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're kids. We just want to be normal. So how did that, yeah, I know you had a nickname when you were a little kid too, right? Crazy Susie. Yeah. (laughs) You have done your homework. (laughs) Well, I've known you for a long time. We've talked several times. So uh, yeah, but you know, I, I know that feeling of just feeling different and kind of feeling out of place. So how did that, how did that, go for you in your child? How did that progress? Well, first off, I think a lot of your viewers and listeners can relate to feeling out of place or feeling like they don't belong 
and uh, it affects us in different ways. Mm-hmm. For me, it forced an inward journey at a very, very young age. And I'm talking about um, even in, I was in Head Start, which is a program that I think they still have uh, for low-income children to get a head start uh, and to get a meal and to have some learning and development before even going to kindergarten. And I can remember I was so overwhelmed by all the lights around all of the other kids that um, they had this this big rocking horse thing where one kid could sit on one side and one could sit on the other in this in the toy room. Mm-hmm. And uh, before Head Start would would begin, they the teacher would come and put it up on its side and lean it up against the corner in the wall, um, and then class would start. All I wanted, I was there for the treats. I was just there. I didn't care about the class. And I didn't care about playing with the kids because I was just watching the lights. But one day it was so overwhelming. I hid behind the rocking horse toy Mm. and um, I hid the whole it was the whole session until treat time. I came out and um, that that uh, that bought me a phone call home from the the principal. And so it was pretty much um, it was it was like a roller coaster after that of me pretending to be sick so I didn't have to go to school. And then in first grade, second grade, getting beat up on the playground. I always had skinned knees because um, I, I was, you know, I was just a kid and overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And I would say, like, look, there's there's somebody standing behind you. And I think this is your grandma. And, of course, the other child would look. And if, you know, they weren't tuned into it, mm-hmm. they think I was messing with them. I don't blame them for calling me crazy, Susie. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, well, little kids are just they're they're going to do that. But you know, I think it's interesting. A lot of people come in somewhat tuned in. I think I think that kind of goes away usually by the time we go to school. But for you, that stayed on, and you could you could yeah. see these spirits. So, did you talk to to adults about it? Did it, how did adults react? Well, you're right. In the first four or five years, especially kids, if it's encouraged, they can tune into. Um, loved ones around them or, or angels, you know, imaginary friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it wasn't going away. It was getting stronger and more clear to where I did talk to adults. I told my mom, I'd say, mom, that man is purple. Um, mom, that lady is is green or whatever. And I didn't know what any of this meant. But at some point, she called in her dad, uh, my granddad, who was mm-hmm. a Presbyterian preacher, and as it turns out, a closeted medium himself. Yeah. And when he asked me why I was faking sick to not go to school, I said, because, you know, I see these things. But he didn't know to what extent I saw them. So I told him mm-hmm. and he said, it's, you know, it's a problem at school. And to my utter shock and relief, he said to me, I see them, too. Mm. So that started several years of like a mentorship with him where I would go and um, spend the night at the manse. And that's what they call the house that the preacher is given Mm -hmm. um, by the church uh, from Friday night till um, Sunday night. And my granddad and I would stay up late and talk about, you know, why does God give certain gifts to certain people? And it wasn't limited. These discussions were not limited to me. Mm-hmm. They were they were about everybody's gifts. So I got to see a context of not only was this weird, but this was normal. And I wasn't super special. 
any more than any other person. Hmm. And so it really normalized what I was going through at that point in time. So you were seeing what we would call ours, right? You were seeing colors around people and you were seeing people that were in spirit. Is that correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I got to the point where I can remember I would know that if the color was, I would call it breaking apart or dirty or stormy. And so if the colors look like that, I knew something was wrong Hmm. with the person. If the colors were bright and big, um, I felt drawn to that person. And uh, furthermore, I could tell in the school who was going to come after me to pick on crazy Susie because their aura would change. It would change. It would just, it would shift. I could feel their energy start to come towards me in, in a very dark and stormy way. But by the same token, to this day, Brian, if I request prayer or distance healing from somebody, I see it coming to me, no matter where they are in the world. I have friends in Australia that have prayed for me and I I will know when they're doing it because they see pink lights coming. So this was my world. Wow. Okay. So your grandfather was your, was your, your mentor and he kind of told you your gift was, it was okay and it was acceptable. And uh, I I guess at that point, did you embrace it when you were a child or when you, you know, another thing that he taught me was uh, when to keep my mouth shut, Mm. which was really helpful. And it's not like he could say to the congregation, you know, I see all of this too. Um, you know, there, there, are, there are certain norms in, in that day and age where, you know, we didn't have TV shows like the Psychic Kids yeah. or, or anything like that. So um, he taught me to be discerning about mm-hmm. sharing, but also would answer any question that I had in a contemplative way where I knew, and I could see lights over his head when, when he did that. I could see lights over his head and around him when he preached. I knew that he was getting his information, not only from his own ego, mm-hmm. but from something bigger than all of us, even though I didn't know exactly what that was. But no, I tried to hide it for a long, long time. Yeah. So um, I've, at, at some point you, you came out as a, as cause you're a professional medium now. So how did that progression go? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there, I'm testing out a new feature. I'd love to get your feedback on it. It's called Fan Mail, and you can send me a message right from the show notes of the podcast. So look for the link that says send me a text. You can ask a question for a future podcast. You can suggest a guest or just give me any feedback you want. Just remember, it is one way I can't text you back, and I will not have your name, your email address, or your phone number unless you include it in the message. Let me know what you think. I I was always going to seminars and trainings mm. uh, in my 20s, 30s, and, and in my 40s, but it was a secret. And I would do readings set up by um, a friend. And I said, you know, I've got to swear you to secrecy because this is not what I do. I, I actually uh, had a great career that had absolutely nothing to do with spirituality. Mm-hmm. Uh, first off, my bachelor's is in management. My master's degree is in public affairs policy. It's an MPA. And um, I worked in academe. I was um, an administrative director for a center for leadership and innovation for a university. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I've also worked in the School of Medicine um, as, as an administrative manager. Um, I ended up leaving academe for the, the so-called big bucks in the corporate world and, and worked in um, human resources development. But uh, I know I was never happy. There was this big black hole I was always trying to fill. I filled it with um, shopping, uh, with cars, um, toys, like on, uh, for the waterway, because we, we lived in Florida at the time. And um, it really took a wake up call to say, look, there's a reason why you're not happy. There's a reason, reason why you keep looking for something more. I was even in a PhD program and working about 55, 60 hours a week for a $5 billion company. Wow. And it's like, None of this is making me happy. And I, you know, one of my favorite quotes is John Lennon saying, life is what happens to you while you're busy making other plans. Mm-hmm. So in 2007, which is only 14 years ago now, I had a near-death experience. And I felt so much love and compassion that is so, it's like, it's one of these things where this is who I am. Yes, this is what I've been looking for. Wow. In just a minute of going out of my body, I had anaphylaxis. Um, an injection was put into me. I came right back into the body. But that minute was a minute of reconnection. That mm-hmm. minute was a minute of knowing that this world we're living in is the dream and the other side of life is the reality. And all I wanted to do was love. Hmm. So just imagine the corporate HR person is coming to you. You're an executive vice president for a big company. You know, it's kind of like the devil wears Prada. I don't know if you've seen that movie, but yeah. that's mm-hmm. risk. Can't bam, 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 get out of my face. You know, kind of. And, and I walk into your office and I say, I'm here to talk about you know, your budget for next year. Oh, how's your mom? I heard you say, give me a hug. How are you? You know, you don't touch, you know, I'm not for, for HR. And I know you don't touch, yeah. you, you know, you got to be buttoned up in corporate. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't play the game anymore. I knew that they were going to can. I just knew it. I just, mm-hmm. I made an exit plan and, mm-hmm. and did it. And as soon as I did that, all the teachers I went to before and said, don't tell anybody you're tutoring me. I'm like, I'm out. I'm, I'm out in the closet. Oh, wow. You know, I think it's really interesting, Suzanne, as I was hearing you tell your story, you know, this this veil that we live in, this this illusion that we live in, if you want, for lack of a better word, I think sometimes we think, well, if I could just see like what Suzanne saw, then I would then I would understand, you know, this is really, you know, an illusion or I, or I, I would live differently. But we are, it, it's, so, it's so powerful, the way people force us to conform that someone that saw spirit even from such an early age at some point, it seems like we always we put that away and, and we kind of shove it under underneath until something wakes us up. Yeah, I carried shame. I would I would I would be I I was a denier, not an apologist of my abilities for many, many years prior mm. to my wake up call where there was no way I would admit the abilities that I had. There was no possible way because I wouldn't have the great career, you know, the credibility to be. Uh, would be lost. And what I've also realized is we're not all meant to have a near-death experience, to have a wake-up call, but Mm -hmm. we do get wake-up calls when our our hearts open 
and we are ready to make a change. And we don't know what that change is, but we know that this isn't working. Yeah. Something will happen. I, I have a friend who was, it was in um, a very bad car accident where their car rolled and she walked away without a scratch. And it, that was her wake up call. I know someone else who uh, lost um, a child, which, you know, you and I both know a lot of people who are in that yeah. club that nobody mm-hmm. wants to join. Mm-hmm. And that was a wake up call uh, about how to live their life. So and I think the thing is, we're here building our trust. We're here on earth in this three-dimensional world, building our trust. Trust that God is within us. Trust that no matter what happens, we're blessed. And trust that everything is going to be okay. And how you get to your trust is a function of your free will. It's going to be the choices that you make every day. But, you know, uh, yes, it's about love and compassion. Yes, it's about identifying your gifts and leveraging your gifts for the world. But it's also you're building trust. Do you know what the number one wish on the wish list is for all my students in any of my classes ever? You know what it is? What is it? I want to trust what I'm receiving. Yeah. Yeah. I want to trust. That's the number one wish. And and how do you do that? You take risks, you take chances, you work with your abilities. You keep a you keep a journal. You track how you're receiving information, the signs, symbols, synchronicities, dream visits, um, and you start to you have to build your own trust in your own life. You can have everything ripped away from you in an instant, but if you trust, something is being put in place for you. If you trust, it's like a circular. I'll trust that if I trust. I can trust that. And I come back to that word constantly and it may sound silly, but, but it works. And I can breathe trust. I breathe trust in, I breathe it in. I like, I'm seeing it coming in through my heart and uh, you know, that's sustenance. That's the activation of the divine source within you. So, you know, with anybody watching or listening, you don't have to have the near death experience to build your trust. You just have to get up every day, put one foot in front of the other and honor that day. Thank you. I have another day. Use me of your instrument. I'm honored to be of service to find source. And I trust that no matter what I am blessed. That's it. Every day. It's a simple practice. You'll get there. Yeah, that, that that I think what you said was so profound, and and it's interesting. This has been a long journey for me to get to that point of trust, and I, and I'm and it is a practice, and I'm, and I'm starting to get there. But it's interesting how as humans we seem to have to be woken up by something a lot of times, and it doesn't have to be a near death experience. It could be, it could be uh, the death of a of a loved one. It could be the loss of a job. It could be it could be a number of things, or we could just choose. That's, that would be the easy path to just choose to to take the journey. But it seems like that doesn't that's not the way it works for a lot of us. But there's also this thing of and I heard you say this chasing the thing that's going to make me happy. And we're looking for that something to fill up something that we know is missing in us. And we chase all these different things. Yeah. And when we're chasing more and more and more, we're chasing things that are elusive, mm-hmm. you know, careers, reputation, um, money. Um, all of it is, is temporal. 
it's connected to time. What is timeless is the soul. And the soul yearns to live one day at a time, one moment at a time. And it's not thinking about acquisition of this or that, mm-hmm. you know, those, those are strategies. Those are objectives of, of, of other things. You know, the, the soul's mission is to learn to trust. When we, when we do trust that everything's going to be fine, no matter what, you wouldn't believe the opportunities that, that come into your path that, that are better and bolder than you imagined. And, and, and it can be so simple. It can, and life doesn't have to be as complicated as we make it. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hi there, I'm really excited to tell you about my latest ebook. It's four lessons that you can learn from the near-death experience without going through all the trouble of dying to learn them. I've been studying NDEs for several years now. I am completely convinced that not only are they 100% real, but that there's some very universal wisdom that we can get from the near-death experience. And I've distilled that down in this book into four short lessons. And I've also given you all the reasons why I believe that NDEs are absolutely real. So go to www.grieftogrowth.com slash NDE lessons to pick it up for free www.grief2growth.com slash NDE lessons. I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, I know it had to be a big step for you to take that that trust though when you said, I'm, I'm going to give up this corporate career and I'm going to go out and become a medium and and let my, my gift shine. So how did that how did that path open up for you? Well, that was it's another interesting thing. I was really just so upset that I was allergic to mold. We'd been living in Florida for a long time. And I kept having all these sinus problems, which is actually what led me to have allergy testing mm-hmm. is what led me into an anaphylactic shock oh. uh, is what led me to leave Florida. And it's like, let's cash out, sell the house, sell the boat, sell the cars, all of it and leave. And um, I had visited relatives in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And when I was in Arizona. I trusted it because every place I went, the land seemed familiar, especially when I got up around this area of Carefree and Cave Creek, hmm. which is just north of Phoenix. I would get these little flashes of I've been here before. It was around 1870 something. Okay, it wasn't in this life. I'm not that old. Yeah, And, and so I, I thought, okay, there's some connection here. Um, just just on trusting that there, I'm connected to this land, um, life was uprooted and replanted, and um, and it's just it's been amazing. It's it's just it's one thing after another in terms of who you meet and where that leads. But I get off track when I start trying to plan very far ahead and I want to get this and I want to get that. And I find that, you know, my lesson, and it may not be your lesson or someone else's lesson, but my lesson is really patience with the trust. Interesting. Yeah, yeah it really is. When I just go a day, a week, a month uh, at a time on, on goals and objectives, I do much better. And I think what we're finding through the coronavirus everything that people are going through is that our expectations 
of who we are and how we fit into the world are being tempered. Yeah. And we're being redirected to our own village. Wow. We're being redirected to look at our neighbors and how can we help them. And we're, you know, for all the, the global technology that we have and all the access we have to travel and Zoom and all of that, this, is, this has brought us back into the small communities where we can really support each other. I have neighbors um, ringing doorbells and just you go and they're not there, but there's a note. Do you need anything? Hmm. Nice. You know, yeah. Or um, I'll bake a casserole. You bake it. We'll split. We'll each have something, you know, and and I'm I'm one of the really fortunate people that um, I'm not paycheck to paycheck. I'm not wealthy by any means. Um, but it, I mean, it's just a small example of we're looking back to our community again mm-hmm. and it's slowing us down. It's causing us to rethink priorities. I don't feel like coronavirus was done to us by anybody or for us by anybody cosmic. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was some divine plan. That's not been the information I've gotten from the other side. Mm-hmm. I think we on earth created it through our free will choices. It got created in the quantum field first mm-hmm. where our spirit people could see mm, if they were looking, they could see, mm, wow, they got something big coming there. Yeah. Um, but, but having said that it wasn't done to us or for us cosmically, we can take advantage of the changes that it's brought to us. And mm-hmm. I like this because what I see now is that we really are in this age of Aquarius where more and more of us, anyone who wants to can learn how to trust their intuitive mm-hmm. voice mm-hmm. can learn how to make their own direct connection with guides, beloved people and pets in the light. They don't have to go get readings anymore. I think we're, we're in an acceleration of that time. And I'm hoping to see it all come to fruition before I leave this incarnation. But, but yeah, my life is an, an example of, um, giving up what I thought would make me happy to do what makes my soul sing. And that's what I wish for people, whatever it is, do what makes your soul sing. Even if you can't do it eight or nine hours a day, you can still do it at some point. Yeah. You know, I, I want to go back to what you said about trust, because it's that's one of my big things, you know, and you, you talked about instead of making these long-term plans, maybe look a little bit closer. And that's been, that's, that's been my problem for a long time. Like, where am I going to be in 20 years? Or am I going to be in 30 years? And I, and I'm really starting to bring that focus more into like, do I have enough like for, for today? Um, and, and that's made me a lot more peaceful and just trusting that that's going to be there in the future. And as you were talking, it reminded me of the, the story in the Bible, the, the manna story, the Israelites in the desert, you know, and they only got enough manna for one day. And then on the Sabbath, they, they got enough for two days, but it was, it was to be taught to trust like on a daily basis. And I think, and I think in our society, especially, we, we tend to think too long-term and we have these rigid plans and we just get all worried about what's going to happen to us in, in a couple of decades. Yeah. And as a preacher's kid yourself, you know, you've heard enough of the teachings especially the New Testament, the teachings of Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, which was, was that, you know, with the faith 
that we have is that he works through us where we are. And so, so many people before COVID were telling me, not only did they want to be able to trust their own inner voice more, but also they felt that they had no purpose in life Yeah. or there must be a purpose, but I sure as hell don't know what it is. And I see that changing now too, because we find our purpose through service and there's a lot of opportunities for service yeah. right now, whether it's checking on somebody, um, whether it's raising funds for somebody, you know, that's, you know, out on the street, lost their jobs, lost their business. And it's through service that we find our purpose. We find our voice. You, you know, God uses us right in place where we are. There, there ain't no big plan um, wait, waiting for us. I don't feel like I was born and I had to be a teaching medium or research medium to be successful in life. It could have turned out differently. Mm-hmm. I could have kept the abilities to myself, but used them in some way to make the world a little bit better right around me. And so I'm not any more special than any of you, you know? Well, maybe a little more special, but, you know, it, it's interesting though, as you were talking about purpose, because I, I work at my life coaching clients, I see as people get into the spirituality stuff, they're hearing, okay, we're here, we have a soul plan, we have a purpose. And then they get all hung up on what's that purpose, because I have to have some big special purpose. And I keep trying to tell people, just like what you just said, grow where you're planted, just do whatever, do whatever you can do on a day to day basis, you don't have to go out and seek to become something quote big. And I think that's also a lesson that the people on the other side tell us and people that have had near death experiences tell us. And they tell us so much. And we're we have this voracious appetite. I want to read the next book and the next book and see the next speaker and the next speaker. And the common thread all the way through that is service. It's the common thread all of the time. Uh, I I remember talking to a woman one time who who said, you know, I just feel like life is over. Um, you have done. I've done whatever I needed to do. I've had a great career. I'm retired. I'm bored, and um, I feel like I missed the boat. But as we talked, and as a coach, you'll relate to this. We talked about accomplishment, raising a family. Um, being a medical professional with a 30 year um, service in, in that, that field, um, co-authoring articles uh, in science and all of that. And, and I'm like, okay, well, somebody else's accomplishments could be, you know, they, they built a house. Um, they uh, helped someone who needed a meal when they needed it. The thing is, what are we measuring ourselves against? That we can say, my life has no purpose. You know, who who are the they that we're measuring ourselves against? The, the source doesn't want us to compare. You know, when two flowers bloom, the one isn't jealous of the other for smiling up at the sun. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think if, if you want to have a scorecard, folks, I would say your scorecard should be at the end of the day, we talked about earlier about what to do at the beginning of the day, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day is how was I of service to my soul's growth and the growth of another living soul today? We'll get back to grief to growth in just a few seconds. Did you know that Brian is an author and a life coach? If you're grieving or know someone who is grieving, 
His book, Grief to Growth, is a best-selling, easy-to-read book that might help you or someone you know. People work with Brian as a life coach to break through barriers and live their best lives. You can find out more about Brian and what he offers at www.grieftogrowth.com, www.grief, the number two, growth.com, or text growth, growth, to 31996. If you'd like to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash grief to growth, www.patreon.com slash G-R-I-E-F, the number two, G-R-O-W-T-H, to make a financial contribution. And now, back to Grief to Growth. Yeah. And keep it simple. Yeah, that's that very big shift in perspective, though, from, I think, being a just a human being and, and understanding that we're, we're a spirit. And so as we develop that perspective through the practice we talked about earlier, that's when we can learn to trust. Because when I, when I was a little kid, I guess when I heard about trust, I always thought meant trust that nothing bad was ever going to happen to you. And, and trust meant that God was going to take care of me. And, and a lot of people still have that Sunday school belief about God, that if I do all these right things, then quote, nothing bad will happen to me. And then we get knocked off track when, you know, I, I know a lot of people who have who had children pass, including myself. And people say, well, why did this happen? Does God not love me anymore? Did God break his promise or does God not even exist? Well, first off, I love that we're saying God, because I get so tired of saying the divine source or the one or the, 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 the just to make people feel comfortable. To heck with it. Mm-hmm. God, you know, you can substitute your mind any other title you want, but it's that essence that's in all of us that connects all of us because we're never apart from each other or from this source energy. And the thing is, bad stuff is going to happen to us. It's part of the experience in the three-dimensional earth plane. Mm -hmm. That's the way that it is. And I know that you know that firsthand all too well. Mm. And But the thing is, temporary, again, this is temporary. This is temporary. We're here. We're meant to be here for as long as we're meant to be here. And when it's time to go the other side of life, we want to have lived our lives in a way that we can reflect back and say, you know, I gave it my best. I loved, I gave love, I received love. I had compassion. I gave compassion. I received compassion because it's got to go two ways. You can't just be a martyr here on earth and be proud of yourself when you go home. And then when we sit in our discussion circles or our groups or our soul groups, whatever terminology you want to use, I hate getting hung up on terminology all the time. We lose people with it. But when you get home to heavenly home and, and you're and you're reflecting back, live in a way that you make yourself proud of yourself, really, because it's all you. It's all you are your own judgment. Nobody else is going to judge you at all. And not only that, they're probably going to tell you, wow, you went through so much. What a ride, you know, what a ride. Aren't you glad it's over? <laughs> well, let's talk about God for a second, because it's interesting. I was just having a conversation with someone this morning on Facebook, and she facetiously put on Facebook, okay, tell me, who is God? What is God? You know, define this for me. And, uh, you know. That happened today? This was today. This was this morning. Oh, that's funny. Okay. And and I'm like, 
the thing is, I go back and forth on the on the term God because there's so much baggage associated with it. And what you just said, I think was really profound. You said, when we go back, we're only going to judge ourselves. And a lot of people look at God as the judge. You know, that's, that's one way people look at God. So, so what the, is, white, the white man with the long white hair and the long white beard in a robe. Yeah. So let's talk about what God means to you. What does that term mean to you? I feel that our souls are in a constant conversation with God, the source energy, because it is who we are. We are made in his, her, its energy, Mm -hmm. in its form. Okay. And that we're an expression of this. This is pure love, but it's not the, um, the soft, gushy, mushy, cuddly love. It's the love of, I'm going to throw you into the fire and you are going to jump out and you're going to nurse your your wounds, and you're going to be so strong that when somebody else comes before you who's just come from the fire, your arms are going to be out wide because you know exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. And so the essence of God is activated in us in our worst times. Mm-hmm. And no experience that you have is wasted because the experiences that you have make you who you are. Mm-hmm. And furthermore, they can help prepare you for when your brother or your sister is having a similar experience, which is why I'm so happy with the work that you do, because you're using your own experiences in a soul way, in a godly way to help the next person. And when we do that, it reinforces our learning. Mm -hmm. It reinforces our growth. It reinforces our vibe, our vibration, um, that I think we're closest to God when we're in agony. Hmm. Because yeah. we've dropped all pretense of, well, I'm Suzanne Wilson, and uh, I am pretty well known, and I have my own office, and da 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 you know, yeah. forget that. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much to me anyway. I could walk away anytime mm-hmm. if what God calls me to do. But the thing is, when we're in agony, that's when we can say, I, I know I'm a soul at essence and I feel, I feel the oneness. I feel the closeness. But that's also when we need a brother or sister to see us and hear us. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily fix us, but to see us and hear us. And that's God at work where two or more are gathered I am there. So it, it, it's really, a, it really comes back to service every time, Brian, every time I have this conversation yeah. and I get these, conver- I, I have the privilege of having these kinds of conversations, not recently because of um, certain circumstances, but over yeah. lunches or um, whatever. Yeah. With some great thought leaders, the, the, so the world's finest minds. And it always comes back to God is service through you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like what you said. And, it, it, you know, it's um, it, some people that would seem counterintuitive that if you want to be happy, you need to serve other people, you know, and, and Jesus told us that. And it's a, it's a lesson that we really don't want to hear. But when you start to realize, like you said, we are the essence of God. We are all connected. We are all, we're all one. We're actually all one giant organism, if you want to look at it that way. So when we help others, we're actually helping ourselves. But and I was we were talk, I was just talking with a, a client yesterday, and there's, there's a very career oriented person, 
And they were saying something about like the last 30 years, if, if I don't do this in the last 30 years are wasted or something to that effect. And I and was saying to them, nothing is ever wasted. And it, it's again, it's one of those things that sounds like it's so cliche. It sounds like it's so flip, you know, nothing's ever wasted. But when I look back over my life, the, the worst things I thought happened to me, they've always made me stronger. And during the time I'm going through them, I did not want to go through them. But if I hadn't, I wouldn't be the person I am today. And I know you, you, you've had the same reflection. So as we, as we start to get some age and experience, we can start to take that perspective. Yeah, it does help to have the age and the experience. And, and that's why I feel like uh, the, the souls who incarnate here into bodies and leave us young um, were some of our greatest teachers of all time. Yeah. They didn't need to to learn more and grow more. They came here to teach just like your daughter, like mm-hmm. Sheena did um, through coming here for a short amount of time. And so those of us, you know, we're of a certain age. I really want to help the new generation here. I really want to, to give them, you know, the benefit of the experiences that our generation has had, the baby boomers and the Gen X and um, they're coming into a completely different world in their teens and their 20s mm-hmm. right now. And there are souls in the new generations that are coming in fully equipped to lead us through the, this entire shift that we're going through in the world. But there are others here that um, I think is going to be a very, very different world for them. Mm-hmm. I think that they're going to be in contact um, with the spirit world uh, almost as easily as us just picking up a smartphone and um, hitting a button. Mm. And um, there's some very, very special souls that, that are coming up around us. And in fact, I'm going to predict that over the next decade or so that you and I are going to learn a lot from some very, very young souls that mm. are probably only about 18 right now hmm. um, th- we are going through a big change i can't even articulate it yeah you were you mentioned it. that a little bit before we started recording because we were talking about you know the, 2020 has just been horrible for almost everybody i know i don't know anybody that had a good year in 2020 no so um what do you see coming up for 2021 a renaissance i really do i see a renaissance i was telling somebody the other day it's almost like um that that age of the flapper and um after prohibition ended and people were out like and not just partying but gathering and celebrating and all that so we'll go through sort of like a a very uh superficial period of Mm -hmm. oh my god can you believe it we're finally out of the house and all of that um but something much deeper than that is going on right now and it has to do with a shift in the priorities around what we define as success and being successful in this world. And I think the huge gatherings of conferences of six or seven or 800 people are going to be extremely rare for a very, very long time. Hmm. Uh, Ultimately we'll be beaming ourselves in holographically if we really want to feel like we were there. Mm -hmm. Um, But for now, you know, I've been on zoom for going on three and a half years. So this wasn't new to me but everybody's on Zoom now. Um, So the world will seem smaller, but what's going to happen is I feel, and I'm hearing this from the spirit world, that 
our communities will become more important to us, our physical communities and talking to each other and um, trying to um, level the field and fix disparities within the communities mm-hmm. and actually caring about other people that are hurting instead of turning away. So I see more compassion being built up right now. I also, you know, I've said it a couple times here. I also feel like what was woo woo, uh, you know, it right now, or even five years ago will be mainstream. Hmm. And um, in the not too distant future, we're all going to be mediums, not necessarily doing it professionally, mm-hmm. but definitely for ourselves. I also feel like people will have relationships with angels mm-hmm. and flat out say, I talk with angels. They give me information. They comfort me. I mean, we're just, our, our, our world has broken open to other dimensions. They're right here. Mm-hmm. They're right here. They're, heaven isn't up there or out there somewhere. It's right here in a higher frequency so fast that we can't most of us can't tap into it mm-hmm. and that's changing and our young folks on the planet right now are going to be leading us through it wow i hope you're right i really do you know the one thing about this virus you know back in march or so when we were hearing about it i was hoping it would be a time that would bring the world together that we would come together and fight it as a common enemy and frankly, I've been disappointed the way things have gone in 2020. So maybe that's maybe that's a little bit down the road when we actually learn the lessons. Even though I think I think a lot of young people are learning the lessons right now. They are. Yeah, they are learning the lessons, and um, a lot of them are very smart because they sit back and they see you know this debate over here and this rage over there, and they're just sort of hmm, it's interesting. And it's like they're it's like they're a lot of them are collecting data. Almost, and um, they just—they're ready for the new paradigm. Yeah, I think you know? they are. I think These are be- the folks that were there—they're going to be administering our social security one yeah. day. You know, yeah. they're going to be taking care of us, and um, I think we need to take better care of them. Yeah, I agree. And, I, and my my daughter is 25. And so she hangs out with people, you know, her age, of course, I get to talk to some of these kids and they're already kind of jaded about the materialism. And it's it's kind of an, in a weird way, because they've been they've already been told you're not gonna be able to have what your parents had. So they're like, well, we're not even worried about that. We're all about experiences. So they just already have a different different mindset than we had when we were that age when we they were t- we were told, go out and be successful. And they're like, no, I'm really more worried about being happy. I'm worried about more yeah. about being fulfilled. Yeah. And they're not afraid to not only pivot, but just walk right off the cliff and trust that either a bridge will form beneath their feet or they will learn to fly. Yeah, And that's the fearlessness and the boldness that um, is going to be able to lead us into the, the new world. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to that. Let's talk about um, some of your some of your offerings, what you do, because you're you're available in so many ways. You have so many things, you know, out there. One of the things I want to talk about is your book, Soul Smart, because so many people come to me and say, "I work with a lot of people whose, whose children have crossed over," and you're like, "How do I connect with people on the other side?" So, what would you say to someone that asks you that question? I would tell them start with somebody start with an ABC one two three list and then riff off of that whatever works for you and i think you're right that's that's exactly what i designed soul smart um to be mm-hmm. for people I, I also tell them 
do not fear the dreaded meditation because people will tell me, I can't meditate. I'm never going to be able to connect. What do I do? Your meditation can be taking a walk with a clear mind. Your meditation can be focusing on your breath, your breathing. Um, but it's very important to leave the door open for the spirit people to connect with you in whatever way is working best for them and you. Mm -hmm. So you may ask, meet me in meditation and feel nothing happened. And you may get a dream visit the next night. So um, that is my suggestion is to be open-minded, observant, and journal. It's very, very important. Now, when I, I do meet every month. People don't have to come every single month. They can just come on a one-off. Mm -hmm. I call it chat with spirit guides. And we do a two-hour session where in the first hour, we take on a metaphysical topic. Um, and then we take a very short break. And I come back with messages um, from spirit guides to help people. And so they're learning. They can see me connecting with their guides and my guides. And they learn how to do that. And a lot of times the relationship with the spirit guide, they can become the gatekeeper mm -hmm. that helps you to connect with your mm -hmm. own spirit people. You know, sometimes it's easier for, easier for us to trust a third party. You know, uh, yeah, I've gotten to yeah. know my spirit guide. They've mm -hmm. done an exercise to confirm that they're real and not just my imagination. They'll help bring my daughter mm -hmm. to me. So there's, there's lots of different ways. You just have to, to experiment and trust yeah, well, I know in, in your book, you outline a lot of those ways and, and there is kind yeah. of a, a one, two, ABC, one, two, three kind of kind of way to do it. The other thing I've found is a lot of people and you, you touched on this, they're like, I want to connect with them in a certain way. You know, I, I expect this sign or that sign. And the big thing is people want dream visits or, you know, and I've talked yeah. to people. So I've got I've got nothing from my for my loved one. And I'll ask them. They'll say, well, other than this, like this, they'll tell me some incredible sign they had. But the, but I didn't have the dream visit that I wanted. Oh, I got something to say about that. Yeah. Um, you know, first off, there's methods that you can try. But second off, one of the most important things you can do, if you're wanting that dream visit, you haven't gotten it, talk to your family, talk to your close friends, tell them, I've been asking for a dream visit. Have you gotten one? Oh, yeah. And I can't, I can't tell you how many times uh, a student has come back and said, I, I did what you said. And guess what? My cousin, two days after my loved one passed, saw my loved one and da, 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 and they didn't say anything because they just thought it was crazy. But I asked, like you said, why does that happen? You know why that happens. Why does somebody else get the dream visit and you didn't get it? You know why, right? Well, I know sometimes we're, we're kind of um, blocking it with our grief. Yeah. Yeah. And we're pulling so hard on the energy. Come mm -hmm. on. Darn it. Tonight's got to be the night. Da, 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 da. And we pull so hard, it can actually, do you remember earlier I talked about when I see auras, sometimes I can see that sluggish color or that muddy color. Mm -hmm. You can muddy your own aura your, and, and that means obstructing your own receptivity, okay. but pulling too hard for something you want. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. And, and there are a lot of times people, they'll say, well, why did they go to my loved one as opposed to me? Because it's someone that may be a little more detached. It was it easier. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. have that real strong emotional connection. It, it's true. Um, and not only that, it's so unexpected. And so that person who wasn't super close to your loved one, but knows it was them, knows that experience was as real as real could be, they may then share that with somebody else who really needed to hear it. Mm -hmm. Remember, the, the spirit people are always talking, hey, I'll, I'll help you get that 
dream visit through, but it's going to be to uh, your dad's friend instead of your dad, because we mm-hmm. can pull that off. And then um, your dad's friend is going to help my cousin by telling that story. And it's like, they're, they're constantly looking for ways to help us to pay it forward here on earth. Mm, okay. Yeah, that's a good point. So it's what are some other signs that people will get? I mean, can yeah. you, they're always plotting for us from the other side of life, Brian. Yeah. So what, what are some other things people can look for besides visits? What are other ways that spirit com- communicates with us? Well, I like the signs a lot. I like the synchronicities of numbers a lot. And I, people send me pictures of license plates that have the birth date um, or, you know, I, I know I get 1111 and I've asked who is this from and I've gotten the signs or whatever. Mm-hmm. But my personal favorite are things I can hold in my hand. Mm-hmm. Like the feathers, the pennies from heaven. Um, heart-shaped stones, you know, things like that. And then to have a medium later say, you know, your daughter is holding a heart-shaped stone in her hand. Yes, I get those all the time. That's her. Mm-hmm. You know, not that you need that, but I feel like they set this stuff up sometimes. So, but here's the thing. I've had sessions over many years now where I'm talking about the signs and the person says, well, yeah, I, I do get that. That's from them. And I'm thinking, are you bonehead? You know, <laughs> it's like, I have to take a step back and be patient. I'm like, okay, now, you know, now you can collect them or now, you know, who it's from or whatever. Um, but one of the things that's changing now uh, during COVID is um, I have noticed that the visitations are different. Mm-hmm. That there's more of a reassurance factor mm-hmm. that seems to be going on. And it actually, I'm getting goosebumps just talking to you about this. Because the recent readings that I've done, the spirit loved ones are coming in. They're saying, um, I'm, I'm patting them on the head. And I, I say, okay, I've already given identification and evidence. They know it's their loved one. And then mm-hmm. I say, um, She's showing me she's been patting you on the head and kissing you on the cheek. And the reactions are like, yes, I feel static electricity on my head. And I feel this wind on my cheek. And I've even said, is that you kissing me or touching me? I've seen a lot more um, touch, uh, feelings of presence. Um, I've seen an increase in electrical manifestations, like Mm. uh, uh, light bulbs flickering off and on. It seems like they know that we're hurting so bad here on the earth and they're going OTT man over the top. Yeah. The physical manifestations. So anybody hearing that saying, I want me some of that ask and observe. It's good to know to look for that because, um, Again, I found the same thing. I've had people say, I've never gotten signs. And then they'll start to talk and they'll tell me about, you know, I felt this touch on my face or yeah. um, or my ceiling fan. In my case, my ceiling fan turns on and off all the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that that happened just, just a few days ago that ties to something about I haven't had a sign in a long time. Next thing you know, the ceiling fan comes on high speed. The light comes on high on high and the remote will not work to turn it off. So um, it, was, it was on okay. for like two days. <laughs> Very okay. Good job. That was a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. So what I'm saying is, you know, when you when you ask for those signs and be on the lookout for it could be it could be any type and it could be anything. It, I think sometimes they'll put people in our lives. Um, I was talking to a young woman and she was saying she hadn't had a sign 
and her mother had passed away. So she was really upset. And she goes out on the street and she's taking a walk and she's crying. And this woman stops her. This is in, this is in London. So in the streets of London, you know, major city. The woman says, are you okay? And she says, yeah, I'm okay. And the woman says, no, really, are you okay? I can tell you're upset. And she tells her, I lost my mother and I'm, I'm really young. And, I do. and the woman says, well, I lost my mother at a young age too. And she starts to share the story with her. And the young woman thought her mother was older when she was born. She said, if she had been younger, I would have had her longer. And the other woman that she'd met said, well, my mother was really young when she had me, but she she died young. So anyway, they had to share this story. And this woman's telling me the story. I'm like, I'm getting goosebumps as she's telling me. I'm like, that was a major sign from, from your mother that you met this woman. What were the odds? And the, and the woman who she met said, I never walked this way. I just happened to walk this way today. Oh, wow. Oh, these are the things that I live for. And here's the thing, too, is it's so easy to brush off. It's so easy to say happy coincidence. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to just not even think about it again. But don't do that. Just you know, say, thank you. I really appreciate that. Can you do something like that again sometime? Yeah. Because we've found that gratitude begets more communication. It just does. It's yeah. something it, to the love bond, to raising the vibe. Um, it gets them all excited. Uh, it's, it's, it's the best. And if you can be happy as though it happened to you, when your friend gets something like that, that helps you too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, well, we always say in Helping Parents Heal, a sign for one is a sign for all. So we share yeah. the signs amongst, our, amongst ourselves and we get just as happy, you know, for, and then, and then that, that seems to just perpetuate them. And it seems like also whenever we're together as parents, our kids are together and they work together on signs. Oh, wow. That's cool. You know, you, you were asking me about some of some of the work that I do. And I have to tell you, I've seen a big trend in more people getting past life regressions. Yeah, lately. yeah that's interesting. And I think what's happened is people have asked me to regress them to find out if they lived through the Black Plague mm-hmm. or if they lived through uh, the 1917 flu or died in it or, or something like that. And none of that, none of that has come up at hmm. all. Mm-hmm. But what is coming up is I found that by looking at who you are as a soul uh, over an arc of time, like a couple of different past lives and the lessons that you've learned, it helps put into perspective why you're going through some of the things you're going through today and now. And you don't have to go into somebody's office. I know nobody wants to go into an office because of, of, of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of great, you know, MP3s and regressions that you can do um, on YouTube or whatever. But I definitely say if you have free time to start doing some past life regressions, it will be some of the most comforting thing that, things that you can do for yourself. It's a great gift. Mm-hmm. I think it's better than going for continual reading after reading after reading every few months or whatever, because it's like it cuts right into who you are as a soul. And what we're finding is that those people who feel that they've lost everything or they've lost a lot this year economically or, you know, someone has passed or whatever, mm-hmm. they will oftentimes meet up with the thing that they've lost or the person that they've lost in the past life. And they'll see the connection between what happened then and what happened now. That's just another healing modality. 
that um, I see getting super popular. The reason I'm saying this is because what I'm going to tell you next is the theme for 2021. It's mm-hmm. it's the year of the healer. Hmm. So we're, what is this, December 29th that we're recording? December 29th today? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. December 29th, 2020. One of the worst years of everyone's life. 2021 is the year of the healer and the healing. Hmm. So whether it's um, uh, Qigong, Tai Chi, Reiki, mediumship, um, working with your intuition, uh, past life regression, whatever it is, find what resonates with you and put on your own oxygen mask first, work on your own healing first, and then look to help others. So coaching, like what you do, it's your year. And those of you who are working in, in the healing, that's one thing. But those of you who are like, you know, I have nothing to do with that. Oh, yes, you do. Let all of that you do be done from compassion. Yeah. Let all your thoughts, words, and actions be done from compassion. Because if you can match the healing vibration that's opening up right now for next year, you will know that you're fulfilling your soul's purpose. Yeah. And it's going to be in the little things. It's going to be in the little things that you do. So find find something that you need, even if it's just walking, even if it's just kinetic activity and movement to make yourself feel better. And then pay attention to like the most um, innocuous interaction, you know, somebody in line at the grocery store or whatever could be an opportunity to help somebody else heal just a little bit more that will raise your vibe and make your path easier. Do you know, do you know the number one thing you can do to be more intuitive is kindness Mm. because when you're kind to somebody else, you're plugged into the matrix fully and firmly and that boosts your intuition. So that's like the main message I have. Wow, I love that. That's that's awesome. And one thing I will add to that is, um, you know, as we sometimes we we think self care is is selfish. That if I'm taking care of myself, you know, I'm not being an out an outgoing yeah. per, or not reaching person. I'm not sure and, anybody thinks that anymore. Well, maybe not this year because I think we're getting a big <laughs> lesson on that. But I, I was want to say is as we heal ourselves, we heal each other because we're yes. we're more collective than we realize, and that's that's something that I'm coming to, to learn is that we are all we are all one in a sense. So as we, if you want to heal somebody else, heal yourself first. Preach. Yeah. Preach. Absolutely. It's, you know, it's, and if you haven't gotten that yet, you will, because the, the shift in, in the, into this new world is happening and um, we can go into it kicking and screaming, or we can go into it trusting. Yeah. Well, I want to say um, I want to talk about your other offerings. I want to tell people before I forget your your website is carefreemedium.com. Um, so people can find everything you offer because you offer, as I said at the top, you've got classes, you've got events, you've got meditations. Um, your meditation is it called Hereafter Now, the, the guided meditation through the afterlife? I have uh, four that have been out for a while and two new ones that I'm just waiting for my studio time. Yeah. To. I was going to say that one I do all the time. And, and I know other oh, people yeah, do it. Now, and and there's a Baron just Baron's <laughs> somebody. It's, he's my office mate. He's my office healing dog. Yeah. Uh, we have um, guidance quest to meet your spirit guide here after now. Uh, um, 
I forget all the names of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you've got several there. And and you, we were talking about, you've got a new course, an, an on-demand course. Oh, yeah. Well, I've been doing a Soul Power Now series. I started it uh, January in person in, mm-hmm. in 2020. And that was like the last in-person event. And now um, we have Soul Power Now, Be Intuitive, um, that's ready for video streaming. And in January, if you want to do a live class, it's uh, January 9th um and 23rd and um this is soul power now past lives okay yeah. which is gonna be awesome awesome so and then um you're open up to, to you're doing readings again now because i know for a long time you were totally unavailable for a, for a long time i was hiding under the covers because i had a thousand people on the wait list calling all the right. time it's almost like i needed to hire a person just to answer where am i on the wait list so we yeah. closed that mm-hmm. I work that out. Um, and so now what I do is I can get appointments open. I just put them on the website and that's it. So you have to t- check on the scheduling page on carefreemedium.com. But there are a few readings from time to time. Yeah. Well, I, I, I was fortunate to be one of the people that got one of your readings, uh, like I said, about five years ago. You, you and, were on there right before the wait list blew up. Yeah. Like, oh my God, a thousand people. But um, yeah, I, I, and I really appreciate you. I knew. I knew that you were already being utilized by God in, in, in the best possible way, but I see even more coming for you. And it, and it, uh, you know, I, I'm not predicting your future or anything like that, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm just saying you are where you're supposed to be and thank you for being who you are. Oh, well, you know, it, it's really, it's wild. This, you talked earlier about how these people get put in our lives and how things work out. So you know, I reached out to someone who connected me with you, and then you and I have met a couple of times in person at a couple of different conferences. And you know, we're running in the same you know the same circles now. And I feel like you're you've be, you've become a friend over the years. Um, so I'm you know the, the fact that I'm sitting here doing this with you now, I would have never thought this would have happened. You know, back when we first met. Ain't it cool? Yeah, it is. It's really cool. Well, Suzanne, um, any any last words? Anything you want to say uh, to people that are listening? Any advice or? wisdom you want to give know that nobody you love is ever lost that love truly does live forever and i'm sending you love that's the love with a capital l i call it not like Mm -hmm. i love pizza but um i'm sending love from my heart space to yours guys take care all right thanks for being here suzanne well i hope you enjoyed the episode i want to make it really easy for you to reach me so just send me a text to 31996 and simply text the word GROWTH, G-R-O-W-T-H. In fact, you can right now just say, Hey Siri, send a message to 31996, and when Siri asks you what you want to send, just say GROWTH. You can do the same thing with OK Google. Thanks a lot. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to Grief to Growth. Brian hopes that you find this episode helpful, and will come back for future episodes. Brian's best-selling book, Grief to Growth, Planted Not Buried, is a great resource for anyone who is coping with grief or knows someone who is. If you enjoy the podcast and would like to support it, there are three things you can do to help. The first is to share the podcast with someone that you think it will help. The second is to go to iTunes, rate, and review the episode. The third way you can support the podcast is by becoming a patron head over to www.patreon.com slash grief to growth. 
That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash grief, the number two, growth, and sign up to make a small monthly donation. Patrons get access to exclusive bonus content and knowledge that you are helping to spread the message of grief to growth. For more about Brian and grief to growth, visit www.grief2growth.com. Hey there, if you like this episode, come on over and talk about it. Let me know what you liked. If you didn't like this episode, come on over and talk about it. Let me know what you didn't like. Go to grieftogrowth.com slash community and look for talk about the podcast. I'll see you there.